Good morning, my kings, queens, princesses, and prince. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us begin with prayer. Gracious Father, we bless you. Thank you for being the king of glory. Thank you for being our father, redeemer, our shepherd, and our king. Thank you for reconciling us back to you through your son, our savior, Jesus Christ. We are thankful to you for the Holy Spirit, who is the promised advocate, who empowers us to be effective witnesses to your kingdom here on earth. Thank you for loving us and watching over us. Lord, let all that we are praise you. We will praise you as long as we live and we sing your praises with our dying breath. Our hope is in you, the Lord our God. You created heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. You keep every promise forever. We stand amazed at how awesome you are and how amazing is the triune God. And there's just not enough words. So we want to say amen. Today, we're going to talk about bring your own loving presence to the suffering that crystallized into the grudge. The topic of focus for today is bring our own loving presence to the suffering that crystallized into the grudge. And our focus scripture is the gospel according to Mark chapter 11 verse 25 and it reads and when you stand praying if you hold anything against anyone forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins let me repeat it and when you stand praying if you hold anything against anyone Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. We all think we forgive, but our human nature in it does not. We want God to forgive us, but when it comes to others, we can't. I used to walk away from purple or situations thinking that it's my way out. If I am car still carrying old baggage of feelings or giving people power over me by me being reactive, I haven't done anything but hurt myself instead of releasing myself from the pain. Being a step-parent carries a lot of forgiveness type situations because you're Cruella DeVille if you're the female I don't know what it is for the man but for the woman coming into the situation you're automatically called Cruella DeVille to hurt children despite your best efforts so learning forgiveness is a absolute 100% must to any step parent to survive and be in good overall health as your step parenting and afterwards. If you hold anything against anyone, this we claim that we don't 
but it may be just buried somewhere under the rug. Below, I want to give some examples of what we consider as forgiveness. The names I am protecting, and they have been changed. However, the experiences I think we all can relate to. I want you to see if you can find yourself in these examples. Number one, Karen, 65 years old, is very angry at her ex-boyfriend. It seems he asked her best friend out on a date a few days after breaking up with her when she was in high school. <laughs> Number two, Paul, 45 years old, can't forgive his sister because, as he sees it, she treated him like, she, like he didn't matter when they were children. Number three. And this is the most interesting to me right now. Shelly talks of her resentment toward her mother, whom she is convinced loved her brother more than her. While her relationship with her mother eventually changed and offered Shelly a feeling of being loved enough, the bitterness about not being her mother's favorite child still sticks with her today. Have you found yourself? We too do the same. And there are so many situations. Many people hold grudges, deep ones, that can last a lifetime and beyond. Many are unable to let go of the anger they feel towards those who have wronged them in the past. Even though they may have a strong desire to put in a concerted effort to do so. Why do we hold grudges when we are in fact quite painful to maintain and often seem to work against what we really want? Why do we keep wounds open and active, living in past experiences of pain which prevent new experiences from being able to happen? What keeps us stuck when we want to move on and let go? Most important, how can we let go? To begin with, grudges come with an identity, and we may not even know it. With our grudge intact, we know who we are, a person who was wronged. That's the identity. As much as we don't like it, there also exists a kind of righteous, uh, I'm sorry, a rightness and strength in this identity. We have something that defines us, that is anger and victimhood, which gives us a sense of solidness and um, purpose. We have a definition and a grievance that carries weight. To let go of our, of our grudge, we have to be willing to let go of our identity as the wronged person. And whatever strength solidarity solid I'm sorry solidarity or possible sympathy and understanding we receive through that wronged identity we have to be willing to drop the i who was mistreated and stop and step into a new version of ourselves one we don't yet know 
that allows the present moment to determine who we are, not past injustice. Comfort and passion. We didn't get in the past. Maybe that's it. The empathy for what happened to us at the hands of the other. The experience that our suffering matters. As a somebody who was victimized, we are announcing that we are deserving of extra kindness and special treatment. Our indignation and anger is a cry to be carried about and treated differently because of what we have endured. The problem with grudges besides the fact that they are a drag to carry around like a bag of of something toxic of toxic waste that keeps us stuck in anger is that they don't serve the purpose that they are there to serve. They don't make us feel better or heal our hurt. At the end of the day, we end up as proud owners of our grudges, but still without the experience of comfort that we ultimately crave, that we have craved since the original wounding, which can be 45 plus years ago. We turn our grudge into an object and hold it out at arm's length, proof of what we have suffered, a badge of honor, a way to remind ourselves mind ourselves and others of our pain and deservedness deservingness but in fact our grudge is disconnected from our own heart while born out of our pain it becomes a construction of the mind a story of what happened to us and we keep telling that story over and over and over and over to anyone and anything that'll listen our grudge morphs into a boulder that blocks the light of kindness from reaching our heart and thus is an obstacle to true healing. Sadly, in its effort to garner us empathy, our grudge ends up depriving us of the very empathy that we need to release it. The path to freedom from grudge is not so much through forgiveness of the other, although this could be very helpful, but I wouldn't really hold my breath on that, but rather through loving our own self and to bring our own loving presence to the suffering that crystallized into the grudge. The pain that was caused by the other person is what ultimately heals the suffering and allows the grudge to melt. If it feels like too much to go directly into the pain of the grudge, we can move toward it with the help of someone we trust or a professional like a psychologist or a mental health professional and or bring a loving person to our, to our wound but from a safe place inside. The idea is not to re-traumatize ourselves by dividing into the original plan, by diving into the original plan, but rather to attend to it with the compassion that we didn't receive, that our grudge is screaming for, and bring it directly to the center of the storm. 
our heart contains both our pain and the explore for our pain. To let go of a grudge, we need to move the focus off of the one who wronged us, off of the story of our suffering, and into the felt experience of what we actually lived. When we move our attention inside into our heart, our pain shifts from being a something that happened to us, another part of our narrative, to a sensation that we know intimately, a felt sense that we are one with from the inside. In refocusing our attention, we find the smoothing kindness and compassion that the grudge itself desires. In addition, we take responsibility for caring about our own suffering and for knowing that our suffering matters, which can never be achieved through our grudge, no matter how fiercely we believe in it. We can then let go of the identity of the one who has wronged us because it no longer serves us and because our own presence is now righting that wrong and without the need for our grudge it often simply drops away without our knowing about it what becomes clear is that we are that where we are and what our need is in our own heart's company now looking at this whole thing and i just kind of gave you an overview of what really is how do you go from one from a to z but looking at it from a medical standpoint holding a grudge is really really bad for our health and according to health day news it's surprisingly easy to hold a grudge but whether it involves a friend a co-worker or a loved one whoever it can fill you, anyone with bitterness and keep us stuck in the past and even lead to anxiety and depression. That means that you're the one suffering from the situation and not, and not necessarily the subject of your anger and irritation. Besides the emotional toll, researchers um, in Scotland found that holding a grudge can also heighten feelings of physical pain, even if that pain has nothing to do with the incident in question. So if your lower back is bothering you, or you have the achiness of arthritis, your pain can feel worse if you're stewing over the grudge. Letting go of a grudge starts with forgiveness. That doesn't mean you're excusing the behavior the other person exhibited. And you may never forget it, but if you can forgive the person for their mistake, and this is medicine talking, you can break free of the hold he or she has on your life. Lastly, the benefits are wide-ranging and immediately, and immediate. Making a conscious decision to let go of the anger and resentment that keeps you rooted in the past will allow you to focus on your present and what's important to you today. Letting go of grudges frees you to focus on the positive relationships 
in your life, the ones that bring you true happiness and contentment. It also lessens feelings of anxiety and hostility while improving self-esteem and your health in general. Now, this is medicine talking this. And as we let go of grudges, they will no longer define us and we'll feel like a burden has been lifted from our shoulders. Now, as we focus on the scripture that we read earlier today, this verse isn't found in the gospel according to Matthew's account, but Jesus does say something similar in the Sermon on the Mount. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And that's Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. This is not to say that failing to forgive others or reconcile with those we've offended causes us to lose our salvation. Nor does it mean we can earn salvation by, be, by being forgiving. The point is that the petty way in which we are sinners assume we have a strong relationship with God. Meanwhile, we often won't forgive comparatively minor offenses committed against us. Jesus is pointing out a disparity in our thinking about forgiveness and relationships. God is the holy creator of the universe. We know that. We sin against him every day. We may not realize that. Every single sin makes us ineligible to be in his presence. But we still expect him to forgive us and continue to forgive us what we ask. Continue to give what we ask. On the other hand, we get in petty disputes with other people on regular basis. Thanks to pride or shame or apathy, we don't try to forgive, ask for forgiveness, and restore those relationships. God sacrificed his son so that he can forgive us while expecting God to forgive our heinous sins. We might not take five minutes to reconcile with someone no more a sinner than we are. Jesus is comparing a dead fig tree with a spiritually dead Jewish traditions performed in the temple. The temple system is a corrupt is so corrupt that like the tree it no longer produces fruit, so it must be done away with. The temple is replaced by the body of every believer, which is indwelt with the Holy Spirit at the moment of belief in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The sacrifices are replaced by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And rigid adherence to feasts, sacrifices, and ceremony are replaced with the willingness to forgive others. So rise today to love prospers when a fault is forgiven but dwelling on it separates close friends let us rise today to hatred stirs old quarrels but love 
overlooks insults. Have a blessed and beautiful day in the Lord. Love yourselves, love others, and definitely forgive yourself and others. Selah.